Yeah. That's okay. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> That's why I say you don't, that. You don't have to restate anything. I don't think anybody will notice. <laughs> That's what I say to that. Is that is that your entire review? <laughs> let me give you let me give you my two seconds. Uh, uh, rise no, of Skywalker. Anymore, the audio. Everyone, welcome to Adapted for Your Viewing. My name is David, and I watch too many movies. And my name is Amanda, and usually I'm all reading books, but today I'm watching the movies. Heck yeah. Uh, we are brother and sister, and this is our podcast for nerds, where usually we talk too much about movies and the books they're based on. And today we aren't doing any of that. Today we are doing our very first mini episode review on... Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. We decided to start with like a nice softball movie. <laughs> easy, easy lob over the plate. Yeah, yeah, something everybody agrees this on. This <laughs> is easily the most uh, agreeable movie. Everyone has come mm-hmm. to a consensus on this one. Yeah. Uh, so the entire all of Twitter is on fire about this movie, and we decided it was a good idea to try and talk about it in a half an hour. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see if we hit that 30-minute mark. I really don't <laughs> think so. Uh, but just in case you haven't seen it, just so you know, we're going to be completely spoiling The Rise of Skywalker and pretty much the entire Star Wars sequel trilogy and whatever they call this Skywalker saga. So do not yeah. listen to this episode unless you're ready to know everything that happens in this movie and you probably already have because you've either read something on the internet or seen it yourself. Yeah, it would be very hard to avoid spoilers. As soon as I like clicked on one thing about the rise of Skywalker on Google, Google's like, "Don't you want to know everything about the rise of Skywalker?" And it's impossible. Like all the headlines are spoilers. Every single yeah, one usually I've been like really good at avoiding spoilers for each of these movies. I, you know, I'm the type of person that's like, "Okay, let's not watch the trailer a thousand times. Let's avoid any stories about it, onset gossip, whatever the heck it is." And like mm-hmm. this year I had it spoiled for me with some random Reddit comment that wasn't covered and I was pretty upset about it. Mm-hmm. But also not because I would have thought it was stupid anyway. Yeah, I this is the first Star Wars movie where I saw spoilers before I saw the movie and I was grateful because I feel like it helped me emotionally handle things before I went in and saw the movie. So I didn't have such like extreme whiplash while I was watching this crazy movie. <laughs> That's that's a wild thing to say. <laughs> this is the movie we're talking <laughs> about. Uh, but let's start with uh, some groundwork, because I think it's important for yeah. people to understand our experience with yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, uh, I watched this crazy YouTube video of this guy who had never seen any of the Star Wars videos, and he watched them all in a row. And I was like, how do you live in today's society without seeing them? But they do exist out there, which is incredible. You little unicorns who have never... Lucky, lucky unicorns. Yeah, I we grew up with Star Wars uh, kind of as a family. My dad was a big Star Wars. Our dad is a big Star Wars fan uh, because he saw them in his youth at the theaters. Um, He was one of those. And so it was kind of one of the family movies that we just went to all the time. And I remember watching them in the basement by myself sometimes on VHS. Uh, and then as my siblings got older, I forced them to watch them with mm-hmm. me. So we have the original v- VHS where Greedo shoots first. Um, that's the only way to do it with no special Yeah, effects. I never thought about that. I got to see like the <laughs> original cut, none of this like yeah. remastered uh, uh, CGI crap. I got to see like the original mm-hmm. 
cut. I don't know if that VHS still exists, though. No, I'm pretty sure it it's probably long gone. doesn't. Uh, and then we were around when, you know, I think I was like in sixth grade, I want to say, when the prequels came in. Uh, I was, I don't ever remember being as excited for a movie as I was for that one. And I left the theater and I was like, oh no, do I hate Star Wars? Is Star Wars <laughs> Uh, which a lot of people my age went through that. Um, but I was old enough to be critical of the prequel movies. And then when episode seven came out, I was also super excited because I was just ready for something that wasn't the prequels. And it was a delight. And I was super excited about it again. And then there's, you know, Disney Star Wars has just been a wild ride since then. Yeah, it has. And I think it's... uh important to note on like why this movie is important for us and also important Mm -hmm. for a lot of people is because you know like amanda said earlier this is a series everyone can agree on you know we come from a big family of seven people and we can't agree on almost anything but uh whenever we star wars that's when i think about it that is absolutely (laughs) it that's a hundred percent it it's tacos and star wars uh maybe throw some diehard in the mix uh we can all agree on that and so it's such an important series for us because it is something that as a family we could all enjoy and that's very rare to find in such a big family you know we had not only watched the movies but i mean i watched all the tv shows played Mm -hmm. almost all the games and then we even listened to uh star wars dubstep remixes on the in the car driving to vacation florida yeah yeah, so good times. Long rides. Fun rides. <laughs> fun, fun rides. So that's kind of why it's important to us um, to get. And I think in- to a lot of people. I mean, it's a franchise that's been around for over 40 years and it swept in and was like the blockbuster, right? It's like this and Jaws are like given credit for being the first blockbuster films. And I think it like defined the way that we want movies to be and enjoy them and the kind of adventures we want to be taken on. I think it's impossible to talk about The Rise of Skywalker, uh, which I have to remind myself what the name of this movie is every single time. (laughs) I literally just forgot it. (laughs) (laughs) It is a random name generator Star Wars movie (laughs) name. It's horrible. It's it's pretty rough. It's so terrible. Uh, But I think it's important to talk about or it is impossible to talk about this movie without talking about how we felt about The Last Jedi. Because a lot of this movie is influenced, not just because it is a yeah. sequel to it, because it continues and also slaps in the face a lot of themes of that movie. So what uh, were your general thoughts on that movie? Yeah, I would also say that the same can be said about The Last Jedi in response to The Force Awakens. I feel like a lot of the choices they made there were in direct response to the fan critiques and theories that came about after The Force Awakens came out. So it's almost like the fans wrote, it feels like a committee of hypersensitive (laughs) executives um, were listening to everything that was being said on Twitter and it completely changed the way they wrote. Like it's very clear that this was not written altogether as a cohesive story. It's oh, absolutely. No, we're close to being that. Um, I really enjoyed the force awakens, uh, mostly because like I said earlier, it was in complete comparison to how the prequel trilogy was, which was rough. Um, and so to have something that was fun with interesting characters, it felt very star Wars um, without it uh, being dry or, 
you know, everything that the prequel trilogy was. It was very exciting. I really liked um, especially Finn and Ray and Poe, obviously. Um, they were really great. I was excited to see them work together again. And then The Last Jedi kind of flipped the table on me and it introduced this romance I wasn't ready for. <laughs> So many romances no one was ready for. Yeah. And I can appreciate, like, I went back and I rewatched them after watching this last one, The the Rise of Skywalker. I literally just forgot there the name. <laughs> um, and there are certain things I can appreciate that it's doing, but it feels like completely different characters, which is why I think it's so jarring. Um, so I think some of the messages are great. Some of the cool things we see are great. Uh, the plot is, you know, it's whatever, but I don't think Ryan Johnson has ever been like super concerned about plot in any of his movies. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't think about Looper too much. Yeah. Don't think about Looper. I enjoyed Looper a lot, but don't think about it too much. Yeah. Uh, so I, I understand like, I understand all the arguments about both these two movies. Like I understand people who complain that it's a ripoff of, uh, A New Hope because structurally there are a lot of things that have been stolen. Um, but I did think it was a good jumping off point for a new set of movies with new characters that were super interesting. And for The Last Jedi, you know, it was – I enjoyed the movie when I saw it, and then, like, the more it sits with you, the more disappointing it becomes, unfortunately. Um, just because it drops what I loved from the first movie, which is some of the really good characters. Yeah, I pretty much agree with that in terms of what they've done with the characters in The Last Jedi. I think for me, I came out overall a little bit more positive on the movie than most people. Yeah. I will completely concede that probably two out of the three main storylines in that movie are terrible, that a lot of the characters do yeah. some really weird things. And some of the dialogue, particularly with Luke, is a little rough, especially. Uh, like, yeah, I won't get into details. There's some Luke dialogue that's a little rough. But I think that if there is a consensus for this movie is that a lot of people were excited, including me, about the idea of Star Wars going past this, like, generational line of just being about Skywalkers. Because we've had, yeah. like seven movies, six movies that were just obsessed about the Skywalker. So it was a little refreshing to be like, okay, clearly they are trying to get away from what Star Wars was in the past. So that that is why when I saw the title for this movie, I was a little instantly disappointed. Yeah, it was a big red flag right away. <laughs> a little bit of a red flag. It was equally forgettable and worrying at the same time. Yes. So now that we got that out of the way, some of just our opinions of the previous movie, Amanda, why don't you grace us with a nice little short plot synopsis if Ugh. people have forgotten about what happened in this movie? Okay, this is the longest plot synopsis I've ever done. It was the most difficult to edit down that I've ever done. I made her do this plot synopsis about five or six times, and each of my notes rough. were make it shorter. Yeah. yeah, it was really rough. And less sarcastic, because the more I did it, the more sarcastic it was. <laughs> the meaner she got. <laughs> it's true. So this one is still a little sarcastic, because this, guys, this plot is bananas like it's absolutely bananas when you're watching it it tricks you into thinking that it's not really bananas because as soon as like something weird happens something else cool happens and you're like oh a thing oh another thing oh look at that thing and it's such breakneck speed that all you can think of is cool stuff is happening a b everything is happening so fast <laughs> and then at the end when you try and piece it all together in a cohesive plot statement 
it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make even a little bit of sense. So let's do our best. Here is the quick rundown of everything that happens in this movie. And again, total spoilers. This will be the final word in the story of Skywalker. Emperor Palpatine, the guy who Darth Vader took lightning to the face in order to throw down into (laughs) abyss into an exploding Death Star, is alive. Surprise. He broadcasts it to the entire galaxy off screen before we start to the movie. So everybody knows that he's alive. The movie opens with Kylo Ren killing tons of people to get a little wayfinder, which is that triangle thing, in order to find Exegol, which is – I had to look up the name of that planet – which is where – It's a lightning planet where Palpatine is hiding on. Kylo Ren wants to kill the Emperor so he can be the only big bad guy in town, but Palpatine bribes Kylo Ren with lots of ships. So instead of killing the Emperor like he wanted to, Kylo Ren agrees to kill Rey in exchange for all these ships. The movie then becomes a race to the finish line where our heroes are hunting for the Emperor and Kylo Ren is hunting the heroes. And then they find some things and fight some people Ray kills and then heals Kylo Ren, and then Kylo Ren becomes uh, comes to the good side, so he's Ben Solo now. Then Ray kills the Emperor and dies, and Kylo Ren brings her back through more force healing. There's force healing in this movie, and then she decides that she's good, but doesn't try to heal him. And then she retires on Tatooine, except maybe she doesn't. I've heard some interviews that she doesn't. And then we get a sunset ending that reminds us of that one scene from the first movie that was really really good. That's there the best we go. I can do, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was long. That's the best I could do. <laughs> so if you haven't seen the movie, that's pretty much the movie. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, talk a little bit more about how weird this plot is. This yes. plot's super convoluted if you couldn't tell from like the eight straight minutes that we've just been talking about the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They have to find a dagger, which is hidden in a desert underneath Burning Man. And then that points them to, I still can't remember why they needed to, there's writing on the <laughs> the dagger, but it's in Sith, right? Yes, it's in it's the and, ancient language of Sith. And C-3PO can read it, but he can't tell them what it says because of his programming. So then they go to another planet where they hijack his programming in order to read it. And that sends them to another planet where the Death Star is. And then the the knife shows them where the triangle is? Is that what it is? Yeah. So, like, here is here is some key information this <laughs> film left out that would, one, make it a little bit easier to understand, like, this whole Sith thing. Because the idea of, a, like, a Sith planet and then this cool. dagger in an ancient Double Sith cool. language. Triple cool. But it's super confusing But because the, the Star Wars main films have never, like, uh, conveyed what the Sith are very well. For the most yeah. part, they've just been bad guys. Makes sense. I thought they they're were just guys. like, I thought they were just like the Jedi where they could be anything, but they're just like these people. I thought it was only two people, actually. I thought only so, two. So here's the, that's the thing. They've never explained this. I had to watch a 35 minute YouTube <laughs> video to understand, which is bad. It's yeah, bad, bad that I had to do that. Yeah. Uh, the Sith are both a race of people with a planet but also oh. a religion. Think of it like Judaism. Ju- oh my gosh, I'm butchering this. Uh, Judaism? Ju- 
Think of it like Judaism. Oh my gosh, nice, I am geez. so sorry, guys. Jeez, uh, are you a I can't talk. Or what? <laughs> Ugh, I am not. But think of it like that, where there is. Yeah. That's why there is a Sith planet. That's why there is a Sith language, is because they are technically a group of people, but then they are also a religion that eventually, over the years, sort of just condensed themselves to this idea of an apprentice and a Sith lord. All that is fine. All that is fine. I I don't mind there being ancient cultures, ancient languages, ancient runes on a on a knife. I want to know why this sword, no, why this knife, who is presumably ancient, is chiseled in the exact same way that the forty year old Death Star stuff in the ocean is. And if you pull out a little pointer thingy, it shows you where the thingy is. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why I just didn't like get hotter when you got closer to the thing. I don't even know why well, those things exist. If Hold on. Here's the problem. <laughs> okay. Keep here's going. the real problem. Because at the beginning of at the beginning of this movie, Kylo Ren and Rey want the same thing. They both want to kill the Emperor. Kylo Ren knows where the Emperor is. Why doesn't Rey just follow him? Like why don't they why doesn't Rey just be like, okay, let's go kill the Emperor? I don't know. Because they're on this <laughs> fetch quest. I think it's because they did have to it. Go the- but why do they have to go on the fetch quest? Because Kylo Ren already knows where he is. He was just there like 10 minutes ago. One of the biggest things that bugged me about it is be- is that it didn't need to show the location. Like you said, it could have been like a radar type deal or something. Because the idea is that this belonged to the Emperor. And the Emperor would use this, theoretically, to find the Wayfinder. The thing is, is how would he forget that the Wayfinder was in his office? <laughs> like... Yeah. And pointed it to the place that he is at, theoretically, every single day, just in the room next to it. So I don't understand why they needed to make this dagger if it just ended up being in a place that the person who made it is already familiar with. That is an excellent point. I will give you that because I hadn't thought of that. That's very funny. Um, I think the pro- – and normally we wouldn't be nitpicking about this dumb knife, but it's the whole yes. plot. Like that's the plot. And it doesn't make sense to me that if, like, it just seems like so much work that I don't need to do. It just seems like a movie that is built up with all this, like, Jedi philosophy and this invisible, you know, force that controls everything. It feels weird to have a plot that's just a series of MacGuffins that go from one thing to the next. Because there's the knife to the wayfinder. Um, to this planet, and it just seems like a, you know, a lot of people have said this is like a video game fetch quest, and it, yeah, yes, it feels like that. That's accurate. And the problem is, is that this is the only time in the entire series that we've seen our three main characters get to work together. So it feels like it's just put in here because people complained about in the last movie not having the trio together, which sucks because nothing like, like, they are working together, but they're not working together in a way that's meaningful or fun to watch or very interesting because they're not challenging each other. They're not, you know, there's some bickering. There's a couple things that happen between, like, maybe Finn and Poe sometimes. And there's a couple talks between Ray and Finn, but it's not in a way that feels important. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that gets to the point on why we're nitpicking this plot so much. And it's because this movie fails at the character end. The only thing that the movie uh, tries to focus on and bring to the forefront is the plot. But the plot fell apart 
within 10 minutes of this movie. (laughs) It is the most wild 10 minutes. (laughs) It literally felt the intro of this movie is this montage of Kylo Ren kicking butt. And it felt like I was coming in and then he like comes before the emperor. It felt like I was coming in at the climax of a movie I hadn't seen. And that's very jarring. Like, I'm like, I want to see this movie. This movie looks cool. Nope. It's done. I have to do this other thing. Okay, cool. It's less interesting thing. <laughs> yeah, and I th- I think that wouldn't have mattered because honestly, Star Wars movies do a lot where they put you in the middle of the action. It wouldn't have mattered if they spent some more time lingering on what he did and us sort of understanding, you know, why was this super important? Because think of it like even in The Last Jedi, it starts in the middle of a battle. It starts with people fleeing and the, you know... It's like, how did they get into this battle? How did they find where the rebels are? Blah, 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 blah. But it just starts up right away. They have this crazy yeah. battle. And you just accept it because you're like, oh, okay. I got to see a full action set piece. And now we're just continuing logically on the next step. Whereas right. with this movie, it's like, okay, Kylo goes to this planet, kills a bunch of people, finds a wayfinder. Cool. Then it's like, cool. Then he goes to a planet. Then he learns that yeah. Ray has, you know, famous parents. Then he needs to kill her. Then he needs yeah. to do this. So it's just one thing after another. I think the movie would have been better if that entire intro wasn't there. Like if we didn't see the Emperor until the end and we got to his creepy planet and the whole movie was them racing against Kylo Ren to be able to find this thing because Kylo Ren believes that if he kills the Emperor, he's going to be the strongest one. And Ray believes that she needs to kill the Emperor to keep him from taking over. You know what I mean? So they both want the same thing, but for opposite reasons. And that's a better story than this. Yes, agreed. <laughs> so we've already mentioned it, but we might as well bite the bullet. Let's talk a little bit about Emperor Palpatine. How did you feel about his arrival? I hated it. I hated it so much. Yeah, who didn't? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just, it brought a more, it it pushed me out of my suspension of disbelief immediately, which is a hard thing for a Star Wars movie. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Because it made me question everything that came before it, which sucks. And then it made me question everything from the original trilogy, which I love, which also sucks. So the truth is, is that like as soon as he was introduced, I, you know, you know, he's going to be coming back in this movie. I did not expect to see him within the first three minutes of the film. I'll be honest. I thought they would. I thought they would let that sit for a little bit. But I, as if like just preparing myself for this film, I accepted his arrival. But like as soon as he. I thought that he was going to be a ghost. I thought we were going to get like some ghost force shenanigans. Yeah. A part of me thought. Like, they would extend the Force ghost stuff, but... Well, because now Luke is a ghost, and now Palpatine's a ghost. But specifically being a ghost, this is where we get into Star Wars lore, everybody. Specifically being a ghost is a light side power. So a part of me didn't think they would ever go down the route of Yeah, but it'd be interesting if he was, like, instead of, like, a light... Instead of, like, a Jedi ghost, he's basically, like, a Sith shadow or something creepy like that. I'd be on board for that. I'd be on board for that, but alas, they did not. Uh, I think what bothered me about it yeah I would say that about a lot of things but I think what bothered me the most is that yes I was able to just be like whatever Emperor is alive let's just run with this with this plot but again the reason why this sucks is because it ruins things from the original trilogy like yes the prequels sucked but the prequels being sucky don't ruin a lot of the plot, most of the plot for the original trilogy. Well, as this movie makes you question a lot of the main plot points 
the prophecy, whatever, about that original trilogy, which yeah. is frustrating because people yeah, love those I movies. Was, yeah, I was on board for this trilogy being about the legacy of Darth Vader because the initial trilogy is about him bringing balance to the Force. The prequel trilogy is about, you know, him basically succumbing to the dark side. And now we have two story. We have one trilogy where he is the big bad. We have one trilogy where he's the surprise hero. And then we can have a third trilogy where basically that legacy is being fought about by his descendants. I think that's very cool. Yes. But we didn't do that. Instead, we retconned what happened in the original one, which is why would you ever do that? Don't Why? touch that. Yeah, just don't ever touch <laughs> all the, the original Of trilogy. all the things that I thought they were going to do, changing what Anakin Skywalker did in the original trilogy was never on my radar. <laughs> no. And that's the biggest mistake they could make because yeah. that's what gets people angry is, I mean, that's what got people angry in The Last Jedi is they saw About Luke, Luke yeah. and his character was completely flipped from what happened at the end. So yeah. people were understandably upset. They were like, I mm. thought this character was this. Now he's this. Same thing with Emperor Palpatine, except that dude was dead. <laughs> yeah. And I get I get not having... I kind of get why they did it, because they got rid of their bad guy so early, and like introducing another bad guy that we didn't know about would be really difficult. But then they had opportunities for bad guys like they had Hux they could have made Hux into like basically the polar opposite of uh you know Kylo Ren's redemption where he just goes all in on being evil uh so they could have done something with that but they made him so goofy in the last movie so I kind of get why they didn't and then they really wanted to redeem Kylo Ren and so the movie's left without an antagonist which you never want in a Star Wars movie yeah I won't get that much into editing I don't feel like the writers had a lot of favors in this movie. I'm not going to say yeah. it was an e easy writing task, and I would not want to be tasked no, with not. writing the last Star Wars movie, but uh, they made a conscious choice in this movie to go away from the themes of the last one, which just leads to an incoherent story. Yeah. yeah. It also definitely feels like they had one version of this story that tested bad, so they did another version of the story and shoved it into the first story. And that, and then somebody was like, no, make him kiss at the end. And then they shoved that at the end, too. So yeah. it feels like it's just an amalgamation of many different movies. <laughs> Let's put a pin in the kiss. I think we need to save the kiss. We can't, we can't, we can't go that too early. Okay. Let's, let's start talking about some other characters. Yeah, let me talk about Finn for like 10 hours because I'm so pissed. <laughs> I don't think there's a single poor person. Finn. <laughs> there's not a single person who's happy about how Finn has been treated, including Finn uh, or the actor, John Boyega. He's very upset about how his character is treated. And rightfully so. He was literally the one of the main protagonists. I would argue he is half of the protagonist in the first movie. And then he is never protagonist again. Yes. And that sucks. So in this movie, all John Boyega has to do is chase after Ray, who is a terrible friend to him, just the worst. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we find out he's force sensitive and it has no bearing on the plot. That sucks. It really sucks. <laughs> There's this part um, kind of in the beginning third, I want to say, of the movie where they're sinking in quicksand 
And Finn is like, Ray, I never told you. And then they fall into the quicksand. And then later, and they survive. And later they're like, hey, what were you going to tell me? And he's like, uh, I don't want to tell you in front of Poe. I'll tell you later. Never brought up again. Mm-hmm. That is it. <laughs> and, and I feel you- like that's that's a symbol, a symbol for his character in this franchise. <laughs> that's true. They have an interesting idea and then they never yeah. know how to follow through with it. I think the... Yeah. The reason why people are so upset about Finn, and this kind of goes into my entire thesis about the entire trilogy that I'll get to at the end, uh, is because he was what was new. We had seen a Jedi before with unknown parentage and uh, unlimited power, I guess. Okay, we've seen a headstrong pilot before in Poe. What we haven't seen is someone defect from you know, the first order or being a stormtrooper and trying to figure out his independence in the world. It should have changed everything. Like it should have changed the way, like as soon as we find out that these faceless stormtroopers are child soldiers who were brainwashed, it should have changed the way the story treats them. And it never does. Yeah. There is a scene where it is like, uh, like the most diehard or like DC looking scene ever where they're going through this ship and it's our heroes uh, pretty much blasting oh, yeah. stormtroopers back and forth. Down. It's yeah. like I could tell J.J. Uh, Abrams thought it was going to be like a money shot of like a, a take going through the hallway of them just like killing stormtroopers. But then yeah. later you hear about how like Finn and his love interests were brainwashed children and how hard it was to defect. And you're like, you just killed people with zero independence people. or choice over their lives. Yeah. This is messed up. It should have been like the rest of the movie should have been about them liberating stormtroopers, and that would have been so interesting. Let's. There's so many interesting ideas we're pulling out of this, but yeah. that's why Finn is so frustrating. Is because yes. he was what was new, and him, like they did with the rest of the series, is Disney was scared or the Last Jedi put them off too much that they wanted to return to center as much as possible. Yeah. Well, and I, I, so I went back and rewatched because I'm a glutton for punishment. I rewatched like all the Star Wars around the time that I saw uh, the Rise of Skywalker. There you go. <laughs> I almost said the last Skywalker. Like I keep on trying that to say that. Been, they could have named it that and it would have been the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, and I was so pumped every time Finn had the, um, had the lightsaber it was so good it was so fun and interesting he's not very good at it and he he uses it to defend himself a couple of times and i was ready for finn to be force sensitive and then he does nothing in the second movie and in the third movie he is force sensitive but why yeah it doesn't do anything it doesn't do anything for the plot why bring it does it does bring it up in the plot but it's really stupid he, what what is what is he affecting the He plot? uses the force to understand where the communication oh, right. tower moved to on the ship. That's, which was stupid. That's a la- that's more lazy writing than it is any, anything yes. else. They just didn't want they didn't have time to, to like they cut out the the next quest which was to find out where the navigation system was. That was a separate quest but they cut it from the movie. And yeah. so they had to add that line in. It feels weird to have a Chekhov's gun that is so clearly set up and almost overtly set up because he says he wants to tell Ray something important, then he brushes it off, then Poe brings it up in a very big manner, and then it's yeah. brushed off. 
Then it's never talked about again, which is super jarring for anybody watching this. I almost feel like there is a deleted scene we need to see. Yeah. It's very weird. And it's not like they couldn't – like Finn and Ray talk again throughout the movie. It's very odd. It's very it's, jarring. It's super odd. But yeah, they did They did Finn dirty and it's a real bummer. It is. It's a, it's a bummer because there was such a huge racist backlash, unfortunately, to the first movie. And it just feels like – and I don't think they did on purpose, but it just feels like they listened to them and they reduced Finn's role and reduced Finn's role again. And that sucks. Like, even if you don't explicitly agree with racist, it sucks when you make racist happy with your decisions. <laughs> yeah. If I mean, you could probably make the same argument for Rose, who I mean, I'll go on record. 100%, yes. I'll go on record for saying Poor like Rose the Rose character wasn't the greatest in yeah, the last she Jedi. Annoying, like she was one. kind of annoying. She was opposite to where the plot was moving. Felt strange yeah. a little. She went, but I mean. She did the best she could with the material she was given. You know, did a fine yeah. performance. But we, the problem with Rose is that she was tasked with yelling at Finn the whole movie, and Finn didn't need to be yelled at. Uh, outside of that, like it's super interesting that she's a mechanic and her sister was a pilot who sacrificed herself for the resistance, and now Rose is doing everything she can to keep the, like the people around her alive. That's very interesting. Yeah. But because instead of focusing on that, we got this weird subplot that everybody hated that was boring and she just yelled at Finn, basically. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks for her character. And that's not her fault. That's not the actress's fault. That's the writing's fault. Yes. And the writing in this movie just completely, basically cut her out in major ways. You know who got more screen time is Charlie from Lost, who, Isn't first of all, I love Charlie. I was yeah. actually super excited to see J.J. Abram classics in this movie, like yeah, Charlie. And but Carrie like, Russell. I loved having yeah, Carrie yeah. Russell. Loved having them, even though they Wait, basically did nothing. Okay, they did basically nothing. did nothing. Yeah. You could cut them, whatever. I like seeing people's faces I liked. Mm -hmm. uh, or in Carrie Russell's case, eyes. Um, <laughs> but it's it feels... It feels dumb that all these new characters were introduced when they could have just used an existing one. Yeah. And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of stuff that's in there where you're like, why is this here? Who is this for? This has yeah. nothing to do with the plot. There's a lot like, of those things. Like Chewie getting a medal for no reason. Except for that one time when he didn't get a medal. Okay. Actually, I've thought about it more. Of all things in this movie, I am now okay with the medal. I am the most upset about the medal. <laughs> Okay, why is it in a movie full of flaws, the flaw you are most passionate about is Chewie getting a medal? Okay, our poor Chewbacca has yeah. been the most faithful friend from day one. Every yeah. time he is brought into a storyline, whether it's in the movies or the shows, he is the best. He is the most reliable. He saves the day consistently. He never asks for anything in return. Yeah. He... He should have played a he if he is Oof. going to get a medal, it should be for a good reason because he has worked his furry butt off for this franchise and to just like flippantly give it to him with nobody around after his friend dies is super weird. Yeah. I think that it's like, like, it's like if your if your best friend passed away. And I was like, 
your friend owed you twenty dollars. Here's the twenty. <laughs> Here's the twenty. Like minutes after he died, wouldn't that be really weird? Yeah. I Instead guess. of being like when everybody else is getting accolades, also be like and war hero and longtime friend of the resistance, Chewbacca, and everybody claps for them like they clap for Hagrid at the end of every movie. <laughs> Is that Chewie would make just, more sense. <laughs> Chewie just the Hagrid of Star Wars? He is 100% the Hagrid. Yeah, he is. Not just because he's big and hairy, but he, he's got that heart. For many reasons, I yeah. <laughs> I think for me, I just don't get as upset about it because there's just too many other things to get me upset that by the time that happened, I was like, whatever, just give it to him. Yeah, it does come at like towards the end of the movie when you've just been hit with so many things directly into the face that you it's become numb and you can't quite feel it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I understand that. Yeah. So let's let's talk about probably I know the most divisive thing for you because I think we disagree on this a little bit, and yeah. it is the characters of Ray and Kylo Ren, yes. where they took Before the characters and what they did with it. Before we do that, I just want to say one line about the other character that was done dirty, poor Poe Dameron, who was a star pilot and then turned into a spice trader with some racist undertones. Rest in peace, Poe Dameron. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's strange because I don't, like, I think they, I I think Poe's storyline is the one I have the most forgiveness for. Because I think it would have been really hard to give him a... Like, they tried to do a lot of backstory when I really do think The Last Jedi should have done backstory. So I feel like for him, I understand why everything feels rushed for him a little bit more. Because they literally waited to the third movie to do any sort of characterization of him. Besides the fact that he's headstrong, which we knew the entire, uh, like, trilogy. So... I have a little bit more for forgiveness about that, but yeah, it is really great how they're like, no, every character's heterosexual. We will not even entertain yeah. Poe and Finn, <laughs> even for a little bit. Yes. Every scene where they were introducing new female characters, it was just them being like, no homo, no homo, no homo, no homo. <laughs> so let's do it. Let's get it over with. Let's talk about Ray and Kylo. Yeah, let's start. I'm going to start with my thoughts because I think they're overall a little bit more positive than you i uh i think that the ray and kylo plot are the only thing that kept me entertained for this like magical 30 minutes of the film where after uh kylo turns and they go see emperor palpatine for the first time ray is like this magical moment that i kind of enjoy um if you think too much about the plot it's stupid but are you talking about when they pass the lightsaber back and forth? That part? Uh, specifically the 30 minute. It's not a part. It's like the 30 minutes of plot when uh, Kylo turns. He has the conversation with Ghost Han. Uh, right. Ray goes and talks to Luke. She goes to Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. Amanda, guys, chose to take a bathroom break towards what is, for me, the most emotionally resonant part of the film, which is yeah. Han talking to Kylo, where let me tell you, Adam Driver kills this scene it's incredible i loved it yeah i will warn you if you're diving into this movie like if you're listening to this podcast before you watch the movie because 
like me, you just want to be prepared for whatever onslaught is coming towards you. Um, do not take a bathroom break. Things happen so fast in this movie. If you miss two minutes of this movie, you miss at least six scenes. So just be wary of that. Just be wary of that. Pee before you go in and don't th- yeah. maybe dehydrate yourself a little bit before seeing yeah. this movie. Because I left right when um, he, she healed Kylo Ren and then Harrison Ford showed up. I left right then. And I was like, I'll be back in time to see whatever happens after this. No. By the time I came back, a planet was exploding. And I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, gosh. The, I'm not going to And I ran. I ran to and from the bathroom. It was like the fastest break ever. That's incredible. No, I, I missed it. I missed so And much. the worst part is you don't want to pay for another ticket to just watch no. the one scene. I've watched it on YouTube. I've watched like the pirated clips on YouTube. Adam Driver does a great job because Adam Driver is a great actor. Yeah. And here's the thing is his character pulled me through the most. And I think that uh, uh, Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver are such good actors and have such good uh, chemistry together. Not romantic chemistry, just like acting chemistry. uh, Yeah that it pulls through some of the terrible plot and dialogue to make me relate to them. It's like one of those things where the acting ability went above the writing for me. Yes. And I would say that is, I am, I would say, (laughs) I know I'm trying to choose my words wisely. I don't hate the idea of Ray and Kylo Ren being in a romantic relationship. I think that's fine. Um, I don't think the movies have done anything for it. And I do think they have good chemistry together. Um, The actors do. And I do think they're acting the crap out of anything they give them. They're both very talented actors. And so when I say that, I can't say that I enjoyed it because it frustrated me. Because it story-wise, it didn't make sense. It was a breath of fresh air because it was like the movie lingered more on them together than it did anywhere else. Yeah. So it was almost like I got to like, I've been running a marathon and I got to drink some water finally and <laughs> stop moving. <laughs> That's what it felt like anytime they were interacting. So I think the movie tricks you into enjoying it. I don't think it makes any sense for anything else at all. I think it's just because it only it feels like the only character that they did not cheapen on the series was Kylo Ren. I really do feel like he is the only character across the three trilogies where they stuck to a consistent plan for him. Uh, and that is why I enjoy his character the most. Go on, I can see you cringing already. I disagree with that because, and only because, I watched uh, Force Awakens last jedi back to back and at the end of the last jedi it's a pretty like hard turn into him sticking with being evil and the way that he is enraged against luke it's a pretty clear indication that he's ready to be evil and stay evil but i think like the discussion like I think that the fan discussion around Kylo Ren was so different than the way that he was actually depicted because I think the people who love Adam Driver and love Kylo Ren were are willing to look past all of that in order to like see him make out with the girl at the end of the next movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, I do think, yes, good acting chops. I Here are the big problems I have with their relationship. He was literally torturing her and told her he could take anything he wanted from her in the first movie, which is a hard bump to get over. He murdered his entire class as a teenager, and they never talk about it, and he never apologizes for it, which is a little weird. Um, 
Ray's parentage, he he lied to her about it in the same. They do the same thing that they did with like um with Ben Kenobi, where he's oh, like, well, a, in a way, I told you the truth. Such a <laughs> stupid thing. So freaking stupid. Yeah. So Ray's parents loved her, but sold her in order to keep her safe. Because I guess they didn't have any, they didn't know anybody who would just take her out of the kindness of their own hearts. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they had like really bad friends, kept very bad company. <laughs> uh, it's just weird for me. I mean, not to not to back up a little bit more into the fact that Emperor Palpatine is the grandfather of Rey. We haven't said that out loud. He is the grandfather. Uh, yeah. Her parentage is definitely, the rug is pulled out from under us for some stupid reason. I think what gets me and what I still cannot imagine, and this is a very stupid plot hole, but like, when was Emperor Palpatine dating? Like, is there, like, <laughs> I, uh, here's what I, I like to perfectly, imagine. I was perfectly comfortable picturing him as an asexual Sith Lord who didn't go on and it makes sense it makes sense (laughs) how i like to imagine it is that there was some sort of empire uh tinder where he was swiping through people and i like to see it where it's just like stormtrooper stormtrooper (laughs) stormtrooper stormtrooper and it's just like the same profile picture for everybody all right that's pretty good (laughs) come on empire uh tinder had to have been a thing because like how could how like what in what magical free time in what magical like world was anyone wanting to date his like creepy looking face i don't know i just can't see it why did palpatine send kylo ren to kill ray in his weird so like here is here's i will defend this plot point for a very stupid reason okay and it is purely star wars lore where in the sith in Star Wars have always had like a sick competitive nature to them where they always sow discourse. They always look to cause trouble because whoever rises up, um, they either will show that they have the most power and can strike them down or they will die and a new person will take their place. So the idea that he wants to sow discourse in what he views as a possible heir to his throne doesn't really cause many red flags for me it okay it didn't i'm on board for that too it bothered me just because it kept changing so at the beginning of the book palpatine wants her dead at the at the book (laughs) at the beginning of the movie palpatine wants her dead for reasons and then at the end of the movie he's like haha i always wanted you alive even that assassin i sent after you he was gonna bring you back to me haha and then he was like if you kill me my ghost is going to take over your body and I'll live forever. Oh, that's that's something woman. stupid. That's something stupid they introduced in this movie. <laughs> that's and, never been present. I hated it. <laughs> and then Ray's like, okay, I guess I'll kill you and become a zombie for some reason. And then he changes his mind again when Kylo Ren shows up uh, because they're a dyad in the force, which I'm not. Let's not also stupid. Let's just agree not to talk about let's that one. <laughs> um, and sucks their life out of them. And he's like, this is what I wanted the whole time was to suck the life force from you guys. And now I'm reborn. <laughs> now I'm reborn. And then he wants to kill them. Yeah. So is like, right? here, here is why this that's 
particularly stupid, okay? Star Wars has always had space magic, okay? That's basically what the Force is, magical space stuff. Yeah, but okay? at least it's been, like, consistent it's been they've had like some sort of rules around it the reason why this is stupid is because they've chosen to introduce another space magic currency known as life force what is life force does everyone have it is it in limited supply can i donate some of my life force to you how do we exchange this life force and this is this is the funniest because they use life force to heal and then basically keep from dying and then bring back to life but then Ray can't use life force and like she's tapped out. She can't use life force to like keep Kylo Ren alive. I have because no he idea. He heals her because he heals her and she's like, thanks. And then he dies. Why can't she give him like a quarter they of have her like life half. force? Yeah. Can he give her like a year of life force and then she can keep the rest of her life force? Yeah. And then they become evil because they have to suck everyone else's life force. And where do the <laughs> midichlorians come into play with this life force? Oof, I don't, yeah. But that's the thing, is life force is the midichlorians of is this movie. Is it just movie. midichlorians? It's so True. stupid. True. Like, it's they the don't it's define a, it. It's a better name, but it's just as stupid. It's just as stupid. And that yeah. is what actually made me mad at the end, is, like, him sucking this invisible energy. And when he's doing it, you don't understand the stakes. Because it's like, oh, are they yes. dying? Is he, what is he doing? Can Ray, is Ray, like, are they, how is Ray strong enough to fight him if she has no life force? As soon as he started doing it, I honestly, I was kind of, I don't know why I assumed this. I assumed that they were going to start getting withered, like when the mummy sucks life force out of them. And then they were just fine. I was like, oh, they're okay. Yeah. They still got their young cheeks. They're fine. Yeah, they're totally fine. I don't see a single pore on Ray's face. She's fine. Yeah, she's okay. (laughs) This is a goofy nitpick, but... Don't you think the emperor would have learned his lesson from the last time when he was lightning people and they were reflecting it back at him? Why doesn't he just stop lightning? Pe- like the lightning is coming out of your hands, dude. Just stop. Just stop. Do something else. I have no idea. Use the force. I think it's because it didn't make sense to kill him with a lightsaber, but it did. I don't know. It was stupid. Yeah. It was stupid. They really wanted to do the double lightsaber, which somehow made more lightning to kill him. I guess. Speaking of double lightsaber, we're just going down a path of small. Here's what we're going to do. Small, smaller nitpicks. Then let's talk about the kiss. Then let's wrap up. How about that? Oh, can we just not talk about the kiss? I want to talk about the kiss. Okay. Fine. So a couple more smaller nitpicks. One, I hate that they introduce Leia's lightsaber in this movie. Uh, yeah, one, I think silly. One, because in The Last Jedi, Luke's lightsaber is broken and then it is magically fixed and ryan johnson very specifically set it up like he showed the kyber crystal and everything so that ray yep. can have her own lightsaber in this movie and for some dumb reason they didn't give it to her why doesn't she have a staff lightsaber another good question i have no idea really weird. uh they i don't know like all i wanted was to see her lightsaber and they gave me two seconds of it and i was actually mad about it um why didn't she have her own lightsaber in the last battle wouldn't that have been more epic like more interesting i feel like this movie the more i think about it is just a fast and furious movie because you can answer every plot hole with the word family (laughs) and it makes a hundred percent it's like why didn't ray have her own lightsaber family she wanted to use the skywalker lightsabers and i think that's part of the reason why the reviews are so split First of all, I definitely think that Rotten Tomatoes has frozen the uh, 
the user reviews because it's been at 86 since the um, movie came out. It hasn't yeah. fluctuated at all. Which I haven't talked bananas. to a single person who enjoyed this. Yeah, but I I have seen a lot of people, like especially on Twitter, defend this movie as being really great and fun if you turn off your brain. And that's the problem. Like Star Wars has never been a movie you have to enjoy. To, you have to turn off your brain in order to enjoy. And all of a sudden it is. Yes. Which sucks. It does suck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other s- smaller nitpicks? Actually, to continue on with the lightsaber thing, uh, CGI Leia was so bad. I don't know how they messed her up a second no. time. Like, you didn't even uh, have to show me your face. Why? I think it was better, but yeah, I wish I wish she had been just off screen doing something, and maybe we got, like, a hologram of her, because then it could have been hidden a little bit better. And I... It would have been even more special if she just lived on in the Star Wars universe. I don't know. She what became they, a force ghost for her? some reason. Okay, let's let's just do it. Let's talk about the kiss. Okay, so what was let me let me actually paint you a picture of like what was happening for me during the kiss. I was sitting there with my girlfriend Evie. They they're holding each other in their arms, uh, and we are both sitting next to each other, and we're like. Don't kiss. Don't kiss. Don't kiss. We're like (laughs) chanting together. We're like, do not kiss. Don't do it. I see you leaning in. Don't do it. And the movie kind of tricks you for a second because there is this shot where it kind of shows them leaning back a little bit. And then I went to her and I was like, boom, they're not going to kiss. And as if to shove the words back into my face, they kissed. And there was it wasn't just us. There were multiple people in the theater that were like, like, and I think it is because. It takes like your mind just assumes they're family, even though they're not. This movie is so much about family that it doesn't if it feels very Game of Thrones esque. And I didn't like it. They have a lot of like cousin energy. Yes. And (laughs) deep cousin energy, deep cousin energy. And I know a lot of people were like super shipping them from The Last Jedi. And I would never take that away from anybody. But I do not feel like there was enough actual romantic feelings between them for that to be warranted at all. At all. And the same thing happened in my theater. We were at a packed theater. Um, We saw it, I think, the day after it opened. And I went with my niece and nephews. And our theater – so I've been been basically at opening for all of these movies. Mm Mm-hmm. This is the first movie I've been to opening weekend where the crowd is not animated at all. Like I remember people specifically like cheering or shouting during certain plot points in the last two movies. This one, the entire theater was silent. Nobody said anything the entire movie. There's nothing. There was no rustling. It didn't feel like felt like the whole theater was asleep. And then when they leaned in and kissed, same thing happened where I was like, ooh. <laughs> And as soon as Kyler Ren falls down dead, uh, one of my nephews goes, kiss of death. (laughs) (laughs) And we all lost it. It was so funny. And then even when we were leaving the theater, people were like, I thought they were related. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's because if they did have a romantic relationship, like you said beforehand, it's kind of an abusive one and I wouldn't like it. Uh, And I think it's more interesting that one, they are like family because and I, I I've mentioned this to you in passing before, but I think the overall theme that I wanted to take out of this main trilogy, this this latter trilogy, is the idea of 
finding and making your own family. You know, yeah. Poe, you know, he used to be a spice trader. He found the rebellion, found something he wanted to believe in, whatever. Yeah. Uh, not the best backstory, but he found his own family. Uh, yeah. Finn defects, finds Ray, chooses Ray to be his family. That's why he's super yeah. attached to her. Ray has parents who sold her. They're nobodies. She has great power and she chooses to find a family she wants to fight for. Excellent. Kylo Ren uh, has a complicated family. And then mm-hmm. in the end, he chooses to not only accept his past family, but make a new one out of the ashes of, you know, everything yeah. he caused. And I thought those are it, good themes. Those are great themes. And it, yeah. it just feels like they, done that. <laughs> they, it, they just went the other way with it. And that's why yeah. it feels super weird when they kiss. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. you're just well, sticking then, to the same old, same old. Well, first of all, there's, there's a thing floating around the internet right after the movie that was like, yeah, they're basically like second cousins because there's this part in like the comics where Palpatine is shown to really be Anakin's dad. <laughs> so that's awkward. But that aside, because that's technically not canon anyway, um, the story sets them up to not be rom- a romantic partner because Kylo Ren is the old apprentice and – Ray is the new apprentice and basically they have one master in Luke Skywalker as like the dad figure, right? Yeah. And so even if they aren't related, it definitely feels like they are. They definitely yes. have that energy about them. It's just in Star Wars lore, all, like everyone is related to each other. And so to have them kiss is weird. <laughs> like you just it's assume just weird. something's weird about it. And if there is like yeah. anything that I wish they could have taken out and it would have made the movie, I'm going to say 10% better, it would have been the kiss. If they would have just gotten rid of that kiss, it honestly, the movie would have ended in a better way for me. Mm. And when, because there's so many scenes there at the end that are bad, but like that one was just the stake into oh, the heart yeah. of the movie. Yeah, I was basically like, well, okay. <laughs> uh, what did you like about the movie? Oh, gosh. Okay, yes. Let's finally talk about what we enjoyed about it. I said in passing, but I think Adam Driver's performance, it's Kylo Ren, Very good. seriously yeah. saves the character in so many ways. He yeah. kills it. That scene with Han, I ate that right up. I ate it, ate it. You know, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't care. That one I ate up and I absolutely loved. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I would agree. Adam Driver definitely has the strongest, has the most opportunity on screen, the strongest writing and the strongest acting behind him. By far. uh, In this movie and the other movies. So Mm -hmm. bravo to him. He did a great job. Uh, I actually really love C-3PO in this and usually I don't. But I think his comedy landed the best out of everything happening. Um. And his kind of side plot where he essentially dies for his friends when they wipe his memory um, is very sweet and kind of the only emotional beat that really hit well for me. Yeah, I'd agree. I think him by far has like the most points to be funny, which is surprising because I think 3PO is pretty much the most annoying character in all other Star Wars movies. But I like doing this. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's cool to see sort of an arc for him. Uh, the one thing that I don't like, and this uh, is again, a bigger theme of the movie, but him along with a bunch of other characters have fake out deaths 
Oh, the- yeah. There are four fake out deaths. Four. Like after the first fake time. Fake out deaths. <laughs> I understand why they wouldn't kill Chewie, let alone off screen. I knew as soon as that ship Definitely. exploded, I'm like, no, Chewie's alive. It's some other Chewie's ship. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, when 3PO got his memory back, I was like, that's boring. Like, fine. Yeah. Very like, boring. That's it. It was more interesting when he didn't have his memory. It uh, could have been like that scene could have been cut out too. It didn't do anything. It did. It was basically nothing. just like I got my memory back, and then it was the next scene. Which was yeah, weird. it didn't affect the plot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then there was Kylo coming back twice. Sure. Yeah, I yeah. I guess he is thrown off of a cliff, and it's heavily implied that he is dead, and somehow he climbs back up the cliff to save Ray's life. Yeah. So I but guess then he, he also so gets then stabbed five. and then healed. So there's five fake out deaths. Five. Gosh, there's In so one many. one movie. What did you think of the scene when all the Jedi are talking? Uh, I thought that was nice. I wish it was... I could tell that they really wanted it to cause like an emotional punch and it didn't for me. But it was still cool. I just wish they had paired it with a better scene. I the reason why it hit me, I think, is because they brought in characters from the TV show, and so as soon as yeah, I heard, they had a lot of characters in there actually. As soon as I started, heard Ahsoka's voice, who is my favorite Jedi by fo- yeah. by far, I was like, oh shoot! I really like that they had they had old Obi Wan and young Obi Wan. Yeah. that was so sweet to both have Ewan McGregor and um and what's his face do it. Oh no. We don't know his name. I don't have IMDb shown up. It's okay. I couldn't say Judaism earlier. So yeah, that was rough. There's that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One other thing that I liked, uh, probably the least out of the three movies, but it's still always been consistent is actually the like uh, the imagery. You know, it's it's pretty good looking. I still think Last Jedi is the best looking Star Wars movie by far. Um. Uh, but in this movie, you know, there's certain uh, uh, yeah. shots that I wish they rested on just a little bit longer. I think the editing of this film is bad. But yeah. I think certain shots like the emperor in his like stadium with his like crazy arm holding him. I thought that was the sickest thing. I just wanted them to hold that I shot. Thought it was OK. I did think that set was the coolest. Like the other sets were like, all right. Um, I thought like the little town that they go to where they meet Zori Bliss and get like the coin that they need yeah. and they wipe CP. I thought that place was pretty cool because it's like it was like stormy and snowy at the same time. It was, yeah. it was just int- like I thought that all the places they were going to were fine. But like you said, there was no like lingering shots. It wasn't long enough for me to notice that it was cool you know what i mean and i don't think that's indicative of jj abrams because honestly i'm sure he had those shots like i you know i watched the force awakens i'm really familiar with his work he knows what he's doing as a director and how to direct a film i think in the edit they had to make a lot of compromises to make this film not four hours long yeah i would be really interested to see what the like the scene time, like the cut time is average cut time. Yeah. For each movie. Cause I, I would say the last Jedi probably has longer lingering shots and I would be shocked if this, the I, rise of Skywalker, rise of Skywalker. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> I would be shocked if rise of Skywalker had 
was any better than like a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> yeah. That's a very good point. It's cut I don't to th- death. It is cut to death. And that makes me so sad yeah. because, again, The Last Jedi was so good. I think The Force Awakens did it well. I also think that, uh, you know, honestly, one of the best looking Star Wars films, we could discuss it for a while, is Rogue One. Um, yes, it's very I beautiful. think it's one of the most yeah. beautiful Star Wars movies ever. Uh, yeah. And so it makes me sad that I, it is, I could tell... The set designers spent a lot of time making these yeah. gorgeous worlds. And I wish I could just, see them. It's, just edit. it's like cut, 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 cut. Yeah. So what is your recommendation? What are your final thoughts about this movie? So here's the thing. I thought way too much about this because uh, I want to okay. make sure I'm adding to the conversation a little bit. And the way I see it is that what makes me most upset about this movie and this trilogy as a whole is it does not defend its existence. And what I mean by that is that the prequels – are not good movies, but they service the plot in providing a backstory for Anakin Skywalker. And the way I see it is the original prequels are about the falling of the Jedi and the rise of the Sith. Okay. The original trilogy is about the falling of the Sith and the rise of the Jedi again. Or the Republic at least. Or the Republic, whatever. But it's, they sort of, you know, it's circular. One rises, one's fall. One rises, one's fall. The problem with this original trilogy is that it started the same way the original trilogy started, where Sith was in power again, and then the movies are about it falling out of power and the Jedi rising again. And so it feels a retread of both the themes and ideas of the original trilogy and makes me feel like Disney just made me pay a whole lot of money for movies I've already watched. And that's upsetting uh, because they could have done so much more. Uh, I'm not going to say that I could have done better. I I don't think I could have. But the idea that they started so many interesting themes like uh, Finn or Rey's unknown parentage or Kylo's uh, troubled past was all interesting and they just couldn't defend its existence. It this movie, if you cut all of these movies, it wouldn't affect the canon at all. No, except that now Anakin Skywalker did nothing. Yeah, except now Anakin, (laughs) I guess, wasn't the chosen one. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I think that's hard. Yeah, and I think we're we're ending on like a – it's hard not to critique Disney as a whole while talking about this movie because this is their, you know, ultimate This is the magnum opus, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, this is the whole reason why Disney bought this – intellectual property was mm-hmm. to tell stories with it and these are the stories they're coming up with and at the end of the day they're just fine yeah just okay they're just okay um i don't know that i would if you are like a diehard star wars fan or want to see a good story i don't know if this is the movie for you i think it's it's gonna be very hard to watch it without feeling that cringe inside your gut where you're like Oh no. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Um but if you enjoy the Fast and Furious movies and the Transformers movies and you just want to see people kicking each other's butts with uh laser swords, go for it. This yeah, this would be a fun movie. There's not a ton to There's not a lot in there that offends. Yeah. Uh. For the most part, uh there's fun and there's good actors. 
it's just not as good as it could or should have been. And it's very hard to watch that without thinking that the whole time. Yeah. So you're like pre-disappointed. <laughs> it feels like, and to a certain extent, every Star Wars movie is just a response of the Star Wars movie and feedback they got beforehand. But like you said in the beginning, this feels like it was written by a committee that was just taking the most retweeted tweets on Twitter and then turning them into plot points. Yep. So a little disappointing overall. If anything, the only thing I got out of this trilogy was BB-8, and I'm cool with that. BB-8's pretty good. And I don't know. I am relieved we don't get a Star Wars movie this year. I'm okay with taking a break, maybe everyone chilling out and watching Mandalorian. Um, But I really do hope they continue to create in Star Wars. I think Star Wars is like a really rich world to tell stories in. And I don't know, maybe we'll get like a a Thor Ragnarok miracle where the first two Thor movies were terrible, had their merits, but were basically terrible. And then Disney gave up on the franchise and handed it off to a different creative and we got Thor Ragnarok, which is amazing. Yeah. So I'm really hoping something like that happens with Star Wars where Disney just decides to trust different creators with these stories. Mm-hmm. Come up with new things. Agreed. Or, and this is my hot take, just make video games and TV shows. Don't make movies anymore. Those are my favorite Star Wars media. You're never going to make a better movie. Just let me just update Knights of the Old Republic. Let me watch Clone Wars, the TV show, over and over. That's I guess that's uh, all I need anymore. <laughs> they did order a new season of the Clone Wars TV show. I know, and I'm very excited about that. So just give me more Star Wars TV shows. That is clear. The people who make those TV shows, I think, clearly know what they're doing. So I'm going to just keep watching those. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. We really don't have an outro here because, well, this is the first time we're doing it. So yeah, I'll still say thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please subscribe so you get automatically updated when new episodes come out wherever you get your podcasts. And we still think we're pretty brand spanking new. Uh, I don't think we've even released episode 10 yet by the time this comes out. Uh, So if you like anything we talked about in the last hour, please leave us a review. Tell your friends. Um, And if you do, I'll force David to read it in a funny voice at the end of one of our episodes. Yeah. Because I can do that because David still fears me as his big sister. I am very much afraid of her, guys. (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea the power she wields. (laughs) Our relationship is a, an awful lot like a Sith relationship. <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> but perfect. I have you right where I want you. I spent these last 25 years doing this. <laughs> Strike me down, David. <laughs> I'll only become stronger. <laughs> All right. Well, that could be the end. I hope you enjoyed this. If you want it. Uh, more of these, please just let us know and leave us a review of your nitpicks about Star Wars. And Amanda said this was an hour long. Let's see if I can make it an hour. I don't know. I actually think I said it was going to be 30 minutes, which no way that's happening. It's no way at this point. Um, So we will be coming out with our regular episodes and maybe one of these many episodes again sometime soon. Uh, Until then, I literally don't remember the name of this movie still and i remember no jokes from it so sorry about that (laughs) 
<laughs> really a, solid ending. A really great ending there. Until <laughs> a really then, great untitled Star Wars movie. <laughs> tell us what you think of Star Wars: The Jedi Fallen Have Risen. Uh, Star Wars. Who moved my knife? <laughs> Star, Star Wars. Who are you kissing now? <laughs> Star Wars, who's your daddy? <laughs> okay, you win. You win. Congratulations. <laughs> I can't I can't think of anything better than that. <laughs> That's like the entire series. Yep, basically. <laughs>